Today's scripture is from Luke chapter 10, verses 38 to 42. Now as they went on their way, he entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. So she came to him and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. This is the story of faith and faithful struggle. Thanks be to God. Let's be in a spirit of prayer. Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of each one of our hearts be acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. And may we, like Samuel, cry out and say, Speak, Lord, for we are listening. Amen. So you've heard this story before, right? One of the questions in the Monday morning quarterback on the back of your bulletin says, do you feel like a Martha or a Mary? And I feel like too often we've used this to shame people for the choice they make or the person they are, and it's not meant to do that. And while it is true that this story brings up themes of womanhood, gender themes, it's also true that this could, story could just as easily have been about Matt and Marty as Mary and Martha. It's about Martha who is expressing deep hospitality and Mary who is listening at the master's feet. Do any of you watch Handmaid Tale? Handmaid Tale? It's a, it's a story where we see Martha's actually <laughs> working in that capacity as the, the real workhorses, the ones who prepare the hospitality. And so there's a real dichotomy in this, but there doesn't need to be. This can be a story that we understand ourselves to be sometimes in one part, sometimes in another part, and I hope always choosing the better part. So the question today is, what is that better part? What is that one thing that Jesus is telling Mar Martha that Mary is choosing? And you see, Martha welcomed Jesus into her home. Not in Luke, but in John, we read that Mary and Martha and Lazarus were good friends. So it's possible that we're talking about the same family here, and Martha and Mary are inviting them into their home where he is welcomed as a friend. And it's also possible that Martha is someone who has heard of his teaching and his healings throughout the world, and she wants to have this famous person, this wonderful person, come into her home and she wants to offer him the very best because she recognizes him to be the very best. So whichever she chooses, it's important to realize that she is welcoming him into her home and so should we welcome Jesus into our hearts and our homes always. Now Mary has chosen to sit at the feet of Jesus. And to me, this is a beautiful, beautiful vision. I can imagine myself sitting at my Nana's feet while she shares a Bible story. 
I can imagine this, these children sitting at their Sunday school teacher's feet while they're learning stories. I think that's a really great place for us to be forming our discipleship, at the feet of Jesus. I see it as a very loving thing, a very humble thing. And I hope that we all make that choice, no matter what we do. You see, we can express that choice for Jesus throughout our lives. Not only when we're studying scripture or when we're praying or when we're present in church or in meetings where we're coming together to share the love of Christ, but also in those mundane things like balancing our checkbook, like writing a committee agenda, like vacuuming or mowing the lawn. When we do even those things with intention, we are inviting God into our lives. We are inviting Jesus to come alongside. It's interesting that John Wesley, his notes on this particular chapter and verse, he talks about Martha as being encumbered. And I don't know about you, but I have felt that weight that encumbrance, that overwhelming sense of things to do. And I don't want our lives to be so full of things to do, of busyness, that we don't take time to invite Jesus in, to recognize his presence with us. If any of you have written to me on a Monday, an email, you'll get an automatic response that says, today's my Sabbath. And I'm very intentional about making sure there's time in each week for me to be present to God. And so I, what I do is I share that automatic, automatic vacation responder so that you will see some of my understanding about what Sabbath means. And you know what? Sometimes it really means close, close time, intentionally silent with God. And sometimes the laundry needs to be done. But even the laundry can be done with that focus on the one thing, my relationship with God. And for me too, that one thing also includes my relationship with other people. Because Jesus has given us that great commandment that says that is the one great commandment, the one thing for us to be in relationship with God and each other. So I rejoice at those times when I can spend Mondays, my Sabbath day, with family with friends, doing things where we see God's beauty in the world, things like kayaking or hiking. All of us are distracted, though. All of us are Martha in some way. You know, and that's biblical, too. Martha wasn't the only person who was distracted by other things. There was one person whom Jesus called, and they said, wait, I have to go and bury my father. A good and noble, necessary thing, but a thing which distracted them from the opportunity to be present with Jesus. So I'm here today to tell you that those opportunities that we craft for ourselves, things like my Monday Sabbath, like your participation in worship here, like our Bible studies, like our opportunities to pray and serve, those are essential to our faith. Those are opportunities to choose that one thing. And I am so glad that EP chose Give Me Jesus today because that is the song that I sing in my heart when I am being so intentional. Give me Jesus, give me Jesus. You can have all this world. Give me Jesus. You can have 
all of the rest of it, all of the rest of it, I want that one thing. I want my relationship with Jesus. My relationship with God and with other people, that is the one thing for me. It's really fun that Martha asked, don't you care about me? And at the end of the scripture, Jesus says, that will not be taken away from Mary. And he's not saying Mary doesn't have to work. He's just saying that that attention to the one thing is something that can never be taken away. And he implies that, yes, Martha, I do care about you. I want you to come and sit at my feet, to come and learn from this master. That was a countercultural thing for a woman to be expressing her discipleship in that way. And so it's important for us to see that example because we need too to know that we have permission even if we on our spiritual gifts inventory which you might have taken last week even if you come out as a helper you are invited into that relationship with jesus that opportunity to sit at jesus feet you know it's kind of like when you're buttoning up a long overcoat something maybe even like this dress i have on today and if you're in such a rush thinking about all the next things you have to do and you start in the wrong button you're messed up for the whole rest of it, right? So for us in our lives, if we start off by being distracted, it messes up the rest of our days. It really does. So Mary has chosen the better part because actions, even acts of Christian charity and hospitality, if they are sustained, always follow being. We are human beings, not human doings. I said a little something about the story of the Good Samaritan that the children learned about this week. In that story, we hear of Jesus telling about the Good Samaritan who did something. He acted on his faith. He went out and helped that man. That was doing something. And in this story today, he's talking about being. So you can see that doing isn't at the exclusion of being in the Good Samaritan's case where he did something with intentionality and where he understood that one thing to be the relationship that he had with others specifically in that case the man who was unlike him we are following this particular aspect of what Jesus is calling us to do to sit at his feet so what is the better part I think it's choosing to be in relationship, choosing to be intentional about our faith. And how can we choose it over distractions? That's the real question. There are so many distractions in our lives. Do you remember Irma Bombeck? Do you remember her columns? They were always so funny. She even wrote a book. It's, the title was something like, If Life is a Bowl of Cherries, Why Do I Have All the Pits? Or something like that. In that book, she tells a story about her husband and his attention to the lawn it's really important for that lawn to be free of weeds, to be carefully cut. And you know what? Sometimes it was a distraction. And his kids would come and say, play with us, play with us, Dad. And Dad would say, no, no, you'll always be there. The, the lawn needs to be cut. It needs my attention right now. But you know, parents, we only have 18 summers with these kids. 18 summers. 18 summers <laughs> they won't always be there there will be a time in their life when they will be the workers when they will be the parents 
And Irma Bombeck's husband realized that because the one day that he was ready and said, okay, kids, let's play, they had moved on to sports, to their own families. And you know what? The grass was always there. So pay attention to the one thing, the thing where you can be in relationship with God and relationship with those you love and your neighbors. You know, there's another good example of this. Do any of you remember the, the movie City Slickers? Had Billy Crystal in it, it was about 1991. So Billy Crystal played Mitch, this guy who was having a midlife crisis. He couldn't find focus. He's like, what is my life all about? What am I here for? And he wasn't finding satisfaction in his job. And he wasn't sure he was in the right place in his family. He saw one of his friends having an affair, and he didn't want to end up down that road himself. And so he and his buddies went to a dude ranch. And they were cowboys for a week. And they were supposed to herd this herd of cattle across the country or the wherever, the range that they were supposed to do that. And they came across this crusty old cowboy whose name was Curly, and it was played by Jack Palance. Palance? Palance. Palance. <laughs> and I think that Jack Palance might have won some award for that, because I remember him doing a one-handed push-up on stage at the Academy Awards, maybe. But he was a crusty old guy. He didn't say too much, and he was always sneering at Billy Crystal and his friends. And so they were kind of scared of him. And the thing is that one day... Billy Crystal had this sense that Curly, so Mitch, the character, had this sense that Curly really must understand the meaning of life, what it is we're here for. And so he went up to him, and, you know, Jack Palance's silhouette was up there like that old smoking ad, you know, that old cowboy up on the hillside, and, and he said, so what is this all about? What is the meaning of life? And Jack Palance held up, or Curly, held up one finger, and he says, one thing. And so Billy Crystal says, yeah, what's the one thing? And he said, it's, a, it's, it's something you have to figure out for yourself. We all do have to figure it out for ourselves. For Billy Crystal's character, for Mitch, it was understanding that he was satisfied in his family life. That was what he was called to do. He missed them so much while he was away on that time that he, when he got back, he realized they were the one thing in his life that he lived for. That those little things that happen around the fringes of our lives, when Monday morning is a growl fest, when it's like, I don't want to do this anymore, our relationships with each other and with God are that one thing. It's a really cute movie. If you remember, Billy Crystal helps to birth a cow during the course of this time, and he ends up bringing that home. And the fact that his wife is so welcoming, even of that calf that they called Norman, that, that they, she invited him to be in her home, helped Billy Crystal to recognize, this is, these are my people, this is the thing that I'm here for. You know, I have an experience from my own life, too, that whole Martha and Mary thing. My very dear friend, Jackie is a DS up in northern Maine, but she and I started out together down this way. She went to the Suncook Church, and I was here at Wesley, and we recognized our calls to ministry at about the same time, and we had the same clergy mentor, and we happened to be appointed 
it, sort of similarly, not together, but similarly out to the Keene area. So we continued to be in relationship out there as we pastored churches in Chesterfield and Marlow. And then she got appointed up to Monmouth, Maine, and I was over in Brattleboro, but we were still close friends. We would spend every year at annual conference, we would room together. And when we go on overseas trips, we go to get, we room together. But there was this one time when Jackie invited me to come and visit her in Mar her Monmouth parsonage. And she called me just before I was to leave and she said, I'm not gonna have time to clean, I have so much going on. And I have two choices, she said. I can give you good housekeeping, like a page out of a magazine, or I can treat you like family. And she told me, I'm gonna treat you like family. It didn't matter if there were dust bunnies, it didn't matter if there were books out of place, she was treating me like family. And so as much as we want to be Martha, as much as we want, even Martha Stewart, right? Everything completely tidy, everything so pristinely and perfectly put together, we need to treat each other like family. We need to remember that when the church was created, that passage later in Acts, it's, it's not right when the, the Holy Spirit comes, it's a little bit later, but um, I think Peter is preaching and talking about all the people gathered in one place. Oh no, that's, that's two. All the people gathered together in their homes and broke bread together with joy. We need to invite each other in and treat each other like family not only saving those times for special occasions. My daughter invited me over last night for dinner and she was running around and, and trying to get everything just so and I just thought, oh, hon, wouldn't you just please come and sit down? Come and sit. You know, and I remember my mom saying that to me too. I remember Jim saying that to me too. It's hard not to want to be a perfectionist, want everything perfect. But when you treat people like Jackie treated me, like family, you don't have to jump up and get the extra spoon. You can say, you know where it is. What a gift. What a wonderful gift. So let's remember during this week to choose the better part, just like Mary did, to choose that one thing, our relationship with God and with each other. Thanks be to God for this indescribable gift. Amen.